live on the road for UNLV versus Utah State. It's Cofield and Company. Knights get the puck, and now the Stars come in, and a shot from Sagan into the empty goal. 4-0 Dallas with 43 seconds to play. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Hey, Cofield on the road, lovely Logan, Utah, snowing for the last day and a half. We're at the House of Horrors for UNLV basketball. It's been pretty rough here recently, and it's a good program, Utah State, so we'll get you ready for the game coming up. A little bit earlier tonight than normal, 6 o'clock tip, Vegas time, 5.30 with running Rebel warm-up with Curtis Terry, who we are going to talk to later in the show, and the voice of the Rebels, John Sandler. Adam Hill is with us. Willie Ramirez is here as well. What's up, guys? Not much. How you doing? It sounds like it's awful there, as it usually is in Logan, Utah, at this time of year, and all, all times of it, year. It's just quiet, and it's cold. It's cold in the winter. It's not surprising. I don't think I've been here where the uh, the night before the game wasn't like somewhere between 20 and 30 degrees. So I went walking last night like three-quarters of a mile back uh, after last call, which, by the way, on a Monday night in Logan, Utah, what a friggin' nightmare. Last call, 11.30. Oh. I mean, what are we doing? And no Waffle this House? Willie, really, this, well, this is when I go out in Vegas. This is when you used to – I don't even, did you even arrive at work back in the day when you were a DJ before midnight? Yeah, well, I'd have to be there at ten to get things started. But if I was going at out, 10? yeah, if I was if I, if I was going out eleven thirty, I was usually well, I was usually kicking someone out of the house and telling her I'd see her later, and then showering up to go. get to go to the club, and then looking the for looking, yep. looking for number two. Willie with turn and burn, turn and burn. Uh, so Willie's here, Adam's here, it's Cofield. There has to be an after-hours bar, like somewhere that stays open and serves. An underground joint. I don't, I don't think so. You didn't look hard so. enough. We're, college we're, campus. Little disappointed. You know what? Something tells uh, me. I'm not, I'm not gonna, what am I going to go full, full Larry Eustachy and start hanging out with the co-eds? I'm not, I'm not hanging out with the students. No, but I, something tells me that if Hill was on the road with you, there, there w- a place would have been found. That's a good point. Me, yeah, he me, is pretty and, good uh, me and humans were covering a UNLV Southern Utah game. Many years ago, and found a uh, an after hour spot because everything closed at like midnight. And we found a bar really? that was serving okay. way Hill into the wee hours. Together in Logan, Utah is not no, it was, safe. It was uh, uh, Cedar uh, not City, right? Cedar City, yeah. Yeah, Cedar City is very modern, very oh, yeah. hip. It was like a house not- that they had turned into a bar. It was great. Oh wow! One road deep, all the way into uh, Southern Utah. That's how Todd Simon's getting all these uh, good recruits to Southern Utah, huh? Yeah, I think so. After hours, they don't have after hours here in Logan. They got they got a pretty good team though. They do. All right. Well, let's get to it. We got uh, three big headlines at the top here. It's the three on Cofield and Company. Uh, we were off yesterday, so we're actually just starting a week. We're going to react to a lot of the playoff stuff, and obviously the Raiders now in the offseason and what happens at quarterback. But pretty big announcement uh, locally in the fight game, right, Adam? Um, there aren't a whole lot of like massive names right now in mixed martial arts uh, in the USB especially that have been active. Well, one of the guys who's been inactive forever, basically overpay, is John Jones, brother of Raiders Chandler Jones, and he's coming back. He is. He's back. Now, not really the fight a lot of people expected him to come back to necessarily, uh, but Cyril gone. He's going to fight March 4th at T-Mobile, which is massive, obviously, for T-Mobile. The return of John Jones is certainly a big story, and I think on a mainstream level, that's the main story uh, that John Jones is going to fight. But the fact that 
Francis Ngannou is not only stripped of the heavyweight title, but also is also now a free agent uh, to go where he wants. Uh, to me, is the bigger MMA type story because right. essentially they were negotiating for a year and a half. Ngannou has been injured. He's close to ready to coming back. And instead of giving him the fight and paying them what they deserve, they just said, all right, move it along. And then trashed him on the way out, essentially, which is just ridiculous. I got to ask you, Adam, real quick, um, because and p- potentially give you props. This is probably why one of the big reasons why you won Nevada Sports Writer of the Year. Um, October 25th, I approached Chandler Jones. He said, I only talk on Fridays. So he turned around. He goes, well, you know what? You always come at me classy. Plus, you got to wear that big cross. I'm going to talk to you. And you approach me like, hey, uh, what did he have to say? Because I really want to talk to him. But I, tr- I want to get some info on his brother. I heard he's coming back. Was it back then that was that was that was this what you were talking about in October? No, he was supposed to fight in December, and, oh, and okay. that fight okay. fell through. And if you if everybody goes back and looks at the, at the December UFC card, it was a real disappointment, uh, and a lot of that was because they kept the spot open for John Jones to fight either Francis Ngannou or more likely Stipe Miocic, and that fight just fell through, and so John Jones didn't come back. But yeah, now he is ready to come back. So it was kind of it was it was on this course. Uh, for sure, but yeah, it was a little bit different. And uh, yeah, Francis Ngannou now a free agent, so the Las Vegan uh, can fight wherever he wants. He wants to fight Tyson Fury. I think Allegiant Stadium would make sense. That would be awesome, but he would also get crushed. Adam, you were saying that uh, their former heavyweight king, Ngannou, got trashed on the way out. That was by Dana White? Yeah, I mean, essentially made it out that he was uh, searching for more money to fight lesser competition. Really what he wanted, and I think him and John Jones both both kind of said... Uh, and Gano and John Jones were basically like, hey, this is the biggest fight of all time in boxing. We'd be getting like $75 million each. Give us 20 each. That's fair. And it is. And the, the UFC wasn't going to do that. So they said, hey, he wanted a lot of money but not high, not tough competition. Which, if you follow that course, the last fight that he had was against Cyril Gane, who now is being promoted as a UFC heavyweight title contender uh, in this right. fight. So. Did he want lesser competition, or did he want to be compensated fairly? I think that that's more of what he was looking for. Is Dana White distracted because of the what, what's the slap? Is it is it SFL? What is it called? Power slap. Oh, it's power slap. I believe. I so. saw it. Did anyone else notice the photo that came out over the weekend? Which, from an optic standpoint, not great. If with Dana White holding champion? a belt that just said "slap" across it. Yeah, that and was laughing. The, now. I believe that photo was taken much before the incident. Oh, okay. In fact, I'm certain of it. Well, that said, well, why was it out, though? Well, because he took it for the promotional tour, which was about a year ago. Oh, my gosh. And now it's resurfacing and recycled because... Oh, okay, it, okay. It, it it wasn't, this wasn't... No. This wasn't part of the release by the company. Okay, I got no. speaking no. of uh speaking of the power slap league, I got a it was funny because I got a shortly after you texted me, Steve, about coming on today, I got a e- an email from my stockbroker. And j- it was just this symbol and it said RUM, R U M. I pull it up. Power slap and rumble explain global content partnership. <laughs> rumble, the video sharing platform, announced an expanded content partnership with Power Slap. I, I, I took a look at the stock. Look at the dynamics. It was up four percent today. Not bad. Are you buying in? No, I'm not buying. I'm, 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 I, I, I'm deep into uh, mining stocks right now. I I've, I've never heard Adam get so serious. Like it was so anti what you normally hear from Adam Hill on this slap league stuff. He freaking yeah, no. hates it. He thinks it's 
just way too brutal. It's not even that it's brutal. It's the concept of, like, in my mind, it's, hey, look, these fighters are getting, they're getting to the point where they're making too much money and they're too skilled. How can we inflict more brain damage and pay less? And let's discover this power slap thing, which, look, these are not, and I'm not trashing, please don't look at it like I'm trashing the competitors. They are not athletes. They're just people who are willing to take massive slaps for very little amount of money. And if you watch it, it's bad. Now, the video that's circulating, I'll be clear, is not the same league. It's a different league, but it's the same sport. Oh, my God. How brutal is that one? It looks like the guy had like his orbital bone broken. Not his entire face like is like three up. times the size Just that it's supposed it to be, and he's yeah. still taking. By the way, that guy yeah. won. Yeah. So How about we, stop the fight. So we know that Adam will never ever appear on After Slap, the recap <laughs> show hosted by Dan. Is it Dan Helly? How much are they paying? Yeah, the, that would be the one where, like, Adam's like, I go on at hours, all hours of the night. I'm either East Coast, I'm on Serious, I'm in this. Sure, I'll go on your show, no problem. Wait a minute, after slap, you're going to have to pay me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's it's rough, man. I, I believe, I don't even want to say when the first episode is. It's this week sometime. Um, am I going to watch it? I, I've said no repeatedly, but I might. You'll give it a shot, and then and then it'll get turned off. I think it's disgusting. I, I don't yeah. think it should be sanctioned. I don't think it should be on the air. I think it's awful. But if it's out there. This is going to be a real test of how you can shrink the brutality, like the most brutal parts of fighting into little digestible clips on social media. This thing will be massive on social media. Oh, that was their plan from the beginning, of course. Yep. It's social media fighting. It's for TikTok. It's for Instagram. It's for Twitter. Yeah. That was their plan, and it's – I mean, look, they're very, very good business people. They're smart. They know what they're doing. But I'm just – I'm not comfortable with this. I got it. It's, oh, man. I got it. You got to put your hands behind your back and just take the slap. Just take the slap to the face. By the way, I was, I was talking to a person that I know that's an absolute psychopath, and they said they want to compete, and they want to just step up and say, you go first. To their competitor to get in their head and be Max? like, if any no, if anybody's <laughs> willing to just step up and not even wait for the coin toss, but just be like, you first. Like, how do you beat that person mentally? You can't. <laughs> the When's Ari's first sport. match? When's Ari's yeah. first match? Who would Ari Ari versus Damod? <laughs> oh, Yikes! I'm out. I think Willie JVT is a good one. I'm not getting any slap mode. I'm too, I care way too much about my skin. Coming up, let's get into Tom Brady and uh, what appeared to be a goodbye yesterday down in Tampa. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. You know, we lost tonight. It's, it's a team sport, so never considered any individual things like that you know, obviously we came up short as a team and that's really all that matters that's all i've really cared about was team success and you know how well we did as a team and how well we performed under pressure and tonight was obviously not one of our best nights now back to cofield and company live on the road for running rebels basketball willie adam cofield cofield and company here on a tuesday adam what do you think of uh, tb12 and his performance is, I mean, 
look, he struggled. <laughs> I think one of the one of the factors is that they they put a lot on him this season. Uh, he was far and away the leader in attempts, which I think is a preposterous thing to do at you know seventy two years old or whatever he is. Um, I, I think there's there's still moments that he can throw the ball, uh, and you saw it. There's a couple throws that were really good, but. You can't ask him to throw the ball 70 times, and and they did that way too much this year. I think he was worn down. I think certainly uh, he's not the same player. There were some signs of you know fading, and uh, it was it was a embarrassing performance from a team that underachieved all season long. Really, for you, is that another sign? Because you already said you really don't love this planet going after Brady. Is that another sign? Don't do it. Yeah, I don't think that the Raiders, the only person that I would possibly in any way, shape, or form that I've heard talk about it believe is Adam. And, he, and, and I don't know what, about a month ago on the show when he said that he had heard that, you know, that that, that was the plan. Other than that, I think it's a bad idea because uh, you have to have an ulterior an, – an, 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 um, an alternate plan besides Brady, whether he's mentoring somebody or a backup plan, because I just don't think that he's going to put forth a productive season, one full productive season. And I also, if if he were to get through one, he's not winning a Super Bowl here, not with the team, unless they overhaul the defense. And then you're going to be back to square one again next season, at this time next year. So I think it's a, it's a horrible idea. And I think if Josh McDaniels pushes to do it, it's self-centered. It has nothing to do with the Raiders. It has to do with his inferior complex in that he cannot do anything without him because if you look at what he's done over the course of his career at the different places he's been, the only time he's been successful is when... Well, it took Mac Jones to the playoffs. So I, I would say it's almost the opposite. I, I, it's Tom Brady. My belief is if Tom Brady is coming back, and I think I, last night, I don't know, because a lot of people said, well, after last night, you know, he, he has to know that he's done and walk away. He doesn't seem like that type to me. He seems more the type that he has to go out on top or on a high note, and that after last night, he wouldn't let that be his last game. Like, my thought is that at some point, he probably comes to the Raiders and says, I want to play there, and they're put in a position of whether they say yes or no. So you're th- you think that it's self-centered on Brady that he feels the only guy he can play with is McDaniels? No, I think he wants to play in Nevada where he can have a paycheck without state tax and start to build his wealth without his wife. Start to build his wealth. Yeah, well, I mean, this, he's he's got he's getting his first paycheck on his own. Jesus, set up your, yeah, set up set up your residence, yeah. and then yeah. uh, when you hit t- when you hit TV and you're okay, but getting whatever not, ten years three seventy five, then there you go. That's okay. a nice little perk with Nevada. Okay, that's I understand the philosophy, but the, there's the same perk in Florida. Well, he's not going to go to the Bucks again. No, I, I, I no, I know. I'm just saying. Um, so, so if that's and I the think purpose, Miami but, is sticking with Tua. Yeah, and he's not going to Jacksonville. Right. So yeah, and I guess Tennessee would be similar, but I don't think Tennessee is is in the same trajectory. The Raiders are in a good spot this off season. In terms of draft capital and salary cap space, so then let me let me let me throw this at you because I've been saying this that if Brady is brought in, is that you have to use your higher draft picks to b- rebuild that defense. You have to you have to bring in, and at some point, if you're bringing in who was drafted, what was he drafted in the sixth round? Who's Bra- that? Brady? Brady? Yeah, late in the draft. Sure. Okay, late in the draft. So you find someone, if the, you know you to your best scouting ability. 
to bring in, and now you have a young guy that maybe has potential from a fourth to fifth, sixth round quarterback, plus Stidham, to be mentored by Brady, but you have to rebuild that defense first and foremost, and then hopefully one of those two younger guys learns from Brady. Sure, Stidham's a UFA too, so I mean, he's he might not be here. Uh, depending on what the situation is. And if it's Brady, he might stay because he could reunite with Brady and, and right. play under him. And we, who knows how that could work out. Um, but they've got, they've only got like 23 guys under contract right now. So they can rebuild the entire team. And it's going to depend on who the quarterback is, which direction they go. If it's Brady, they're going to sign a bunch of guys that can help him right now and try to win. And I think that would be a direction that McDaniels want to go because if he's, if he doesn't have a good year this year, there might not be a 2024 for him. So I think they want to try to win right now. Uh, if they do get a young quarterback, it's a totally different direction for sure. Uh, but I think if you go Brady, uh, this is not what I would do. <laughs> I already said last year I was to rebuild. I'd definitely rebuild now. Uh, but if if the plan is to go with Brady, you would use the seventh pick on an offensive tackle, which would be either uh, Johnson or you go uh, Skoransky, Skoransky and, and, and build the offensive line that way. Use the other pieces that you have on the interior of the line. So you have your offensive line set. You've obviously got all your weapons in place, or you go Quentin Johnston, which I would probably do too, from TCU. You have another weapon on the outside, so now you're you've got your offense set. Then all of your draft capital goes to defense, and it's immediate guys that can help you right now and try to try to win. And I mean that's what they would do. And if it's not Brady, they'd go a totally different direction, I think. But they do have the ability to rebuild very quickly. And, and Adam, Brady wouldn't want fifty million dollars. You released your first mock. For the Raiders, how many will you do by draft? Because this is something that you do every year. Yeah, well, we didn't do a full mock yet. I just said, hey, there's some here's some positions they might look oh, at. Oh, okay. For the Raiders, it was just a Raider one. Yeah, because yeah, um, you'll end up I'll doing do five, about, five yeah. or six. Yeah. Last year was real, real close. Here's Tom Brady after the game last night. I want to see what you guys think of this. Was he saying goodbye to the NFL or goodbye to Tampa? I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort, and I know it's hard to make it through and. You guys got a tough job, and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support, and um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you everybody for welcoming me, all you regulars, and um, just very grateful for the respect and and uh, hope same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, saying goodbye is not easy. Way he was dragging on there. That was a goodbye to Tampa, right? Clearly. Yeah. Goodbye, Tampa. I think so, yeah. I walked off the field and then kissing his parents seemed like it was. And I don't I don't think that was a goodbye to the NFL because I don't think he's made that decision. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, but I do think it was goodbye, Tampa, and, the, and to the media there for sure. The problem that I have with – I don't know with your comment that in that he he wants to go he he wants to go out on his accord but he wants to go out on top. I I, I don't is going out on top. And and if he is, I'm not sold. What is he? Forty six. I don't, I don't that, mean on I, top like winning a Super Bowl. Okay, because I was going to say because I don't think he's coming here and winning one next year. He's going to like in reality. Let's say he comes here and helps build this team. It's going to he's going to be closer to fifty if if he were to win a Super Bowl with the Raiders. Yeah, I, I don't think going out on top means winning a Super Bowl. I think it means going off like on a performance that's not thirty of sixty six okay, okay, with a okay, red zone interception. Okay, and, okay. a yeah. better a better exit. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Yeah. Giveaway time three six four eleven hundred three six four one one zero zero House of Blues. Carlos Santana got a residency running uh, through February. Tickets available at Ticketmaster dot com. But Ari's got a pair right now. House.
The uh, 5th of February, two tickets for Carlos Santana. Caller 7 364-1100-364-1100. Wednesdays, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. told us your guys were going to be disciplined. What did you think about that last penalty? Well, I didn't like the last penalty. And so what will you tell your guys defensively? Uh, we'll be fine. Our guys will be fine. It's going to be a hard-fought game out here. We're, we're going to play a good game. And Tyler Huntley with that interception. You said we might see Anthony Brown. What will that take? Just see how the game goes, okay? Thanks. Thanks, John. You're listening to Cofield and Company live on the road for Running Rebels basketball. Mill, good stuff. It was a, look, it's a tough spot to be in. I, I don't know why they do those interviews still. Whoa, whoa. Integral part of the, of the game, of every game, if you can have a sideline reporter. Well, during, at halftime, sure. Are you In the game is, in the, the, game is, is the extra juice we need. At the under four timeout tonight, are you going to jump in and uh, step, step into the, the huddle and ask some questions? Uh, that, that would be a hoot. That would be a hoot. By the way, have you watched uh, total side? No, have you watched the uh, the FS1 broadcast with with the uh, totally mic'd up? Not yet. No. It's wild. They they're doing they're doing Richard Patino and Tim Miles tonight, right? Yeah. It's wild. It is awesome. Okay. It, in the huddle. Yep. It's great. How much do they filter? It seemed like not much. Wow. It, it, I mean, you know, I, there was there was a time when I was like, oh, they must have cur- taken out a curse right there, which I wish they wouldn't. It's cable. Just let it go. Yeah. Um, but I think the end and they know they, so they probably sense it themselves a little bit. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, once the game starts, all bets are off. Like, I think Tim Miles will be fine. Uh, Richard Pitino is kind of a lunatic. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I told you guys uh, a couple games back at the pit, they, there really is nowhere to sit. As a sideline person at the pit, huh. well, especially when it's jammed, it was it was sold out. What By the way, New Mexico New Mexico won over the weekend against San Diego State. Look out! I guess New Mexico is for real. Um, but there's nowhere to sit, Willie. Right? So nice. I sat behind. I sat behind Kruger and the the other coaches. Woo! Boy, that was fun. A lot of cursing. Um, you know, you can't exactly hear everything that's going on because loud at a place like the pit. But it's just the the management of. To do, um, and just to filter information, it is it is incredible chaos. But like it feels organized, but like it is there's a chaotic feel to it. It's weird, man. So yes, I would highly recommend. What's it called again? I think it's called uh, All Access, like FS1 All oh. Access. All right, I like it. Isn't that tra- that's so that's not trademarked? The, the one thing, oh, maybe I guess not. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that wasn't uh, that a Showtime thing? All Access. Uh, isn't isn't it a uh, a podcast, <laughs> UNLV podcast. Oh, yes. I, I wasn't yes. going we there. Trade, yeah. We trademarked it. There you go. We trademarked it. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the one thing I the one no thing one I would say the one thing I would say that I think coaches might start to be like, okay, wait, is that like their play calls, right? Where uh, I was listening, I was yep. watching one the other day. The, the coach kept, just kept calling a play, and then they kept running it. Like, well, now you have to change that. You can't use that anymore. Uh, at least the 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 name. You have to change the name at some point. So that might right. be annoying to coaches, but. For fans, I think if you're like a like a hardcore fan, I, I think the the average fan probably is going to love it, but the hardcore fans are going to just love yeah. this. 
And the uh, the the play between the refs and the head coach. Oh, oh yeah, because oh, it yeah. is it is a fight every game. It is a freaking battle every game. Yeah, and, and like the acknowledgement of a of a pending makeup call, like those kind of things are going to be very annoying to people. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Yeah, I would love to be able to stand next to Brandon Staley during a game. <laughs> I know you would, and you'd ask him this year. Twenty twenty one. Why did Why did he yeah. coach differently this year? Well, I, I think it's to me. I, look, they can say what they want. I don't think there's any question that he was told you're coming back, but you're going to coach traditionally. Yeah, and I stupid. think that's a massive mistake. Yep, terrible, terrible. Listen, the the collapse in that game is awful. It really is. And there's a there was a lot of finger pointing. After the game, I think most people on social media, because now, you know, I'm going to bring it up again. I'm going to, I'm going to have to refer this often. You guys both remember the two days after DeMar Hamlin, as we were waiting and how much of the sports media acted and how social media acted. There's bigger things in sports. (laughs) I mean, let's put it all in perspective. Love for DeMar. Let's let's calm down, Willie. Let's calm down. And it took... Like, within a day of finding out that DeMar Hamlin was in pretty good shape, everyone was like, fire everyone! Right. Fire everyone! I will say, I think it would have gone differently if he actually would have died. Or or still... We'd be in a calm for weeks and weeks? No, I think think in terms of discussing a lot of... A a lot of the stuff what you're talking about was just like, oh, he's good? Back to normal. Like, I think there would... Uh, much, there would have been a lot more empathy for the situation yeah. that we're now facing. I, I think there would have been a, a much slower process of getting back to this. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I'll start with Willie. Are you surprised if Staley's going to keep his job? They fired <laughs> yes. Lombardi, the OC. They fired the quarterback coach. You're surprised? I'm surprised. Um, I I sent a a message to my colleague with AP, Joe Reedy. And I just said, scapegoat, question mark. He said, some offensive play calling was average and relied too much on the pass, especially with the injuries. Um, but, I mean, there it goes beyond the – it goes beyond the, the letdown – I mean, the, the, the collapse. Um, you know, the decision in the last week of the season, playing everybody, it did result in an injury. Um, so, I mean, I, I – I, I just overall am surprised with the fact that he is still there with a lot of things that have taken place throughout the season, the play calling, uh, decision making, with the options that are there. I know our good friend Arash Markat has a home in Manhattan. Lee was at home for a majority of the season to keep his eye on the charge. Wanted now whether or not Arash knows that for a fact, but he put it out there. And that that was his that's a, that was at the top of his list. I know he's interviewing elsewhere, but I mean, if you know that, and that's that's waiting in the wings. I I, I don't know. I, I I am surprised though overall that Staley is still the coach. I just don't think they're willing to pay him and pay Staley and pay all the other coaches. And and the other a couple of issues on this. First of all, the people there was multiple people that tweeted at me after the game and said, "How's your analytics now?" Kind of thing. Yeah, they didn't. So he didn't do it this so year. Well, wait a minute. So stupid. He I didn't. Get, you're right. They probably don't want to pay. But here's the thing: because we're all having this conversation, and it was set, sort of what, what has been a is he going to get fired? Is he, the question mark out there? He wasn't going to stay unemployed. He would have got picked up, and would have went away. 
Yeah, well, put that, but not it. all of it. Not yeah, all of it. Yeah, yeah, they would have, it would have cost him whatever, yeah. but he but he would it's have more, got it's more, it's more the, it's more the fact Peyton that... Peyton 20 million. Yeah, yeah, it's more the fact that Peyton is going to require 10, 12, 15 million dollars, and I hate the compensation part of it. Hate it. And frankly, if I were Sean Peyton, I would, if I really wanted the Chargers job, I have no idea if they had a discussion or not, but if I really wanted the job, I would go to the Saints and go, wait a second. You're going to require another team to give up a first, a second, multiple first. I did. I saved your franchise. Yeah. Up yours. I'm not going somewhere all hamstrung with no draft picks. You owe me. Yeah. And you I, owe me. You I, take a lesser price. I did see that it sounds like it's only going to be a mid-round pick now. It's not going to be a first. So okay. uh, I think that would be interesting. But in terms of the, the Chargers situation, like, there is a couple of other things at play. First of all, stop with the analytics thing. He didn't do it. So don't pretend like it was this was a analytics gone wrong. He stopped doing it. He was not the same coach. In fact, multiple in Saturday's game have won the game by doing the right thing, and he went traditional, which is just silly. Um, and I don't know where that came from. I assume the front office. And the other thing is, if it is true, the reports that that was not Staley's decision to play the starters – like you, you do put yourself in a tough position if it was Telesco or if it was if it was even above Telesco that decided we're playing starters and not Staley, then all of a sudden you get rid of him and then he's like, yo, that was them. So go ask them why the starters were playing. It wasn't me. So there there is those issues of who is like who's directly to blame and what would have been said had there been a you know a parting of the ways. Um, there's just a lot at play there. But whoever told him to stop coaching the right way, that's who should be fired. And I guess it's probably Spanos, so I guess he shouldn't be. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ. Or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Lundquist plays a rink wide left and a shot. Score! Traffic in front, but it gets through Thompson on a point shot from Ryan Suter. 3-0 Dallas, a goal in each period. You're listening to Cofield and on ESPN Las Vegas. Another weird night for VGK with the uh, stars in town. We'll get to uh, more of what you just heard, the call there from Dan Duva. Darren Millard is in, and I want to roll Darren into our conversation like we always do when he first comes in. Darren, how you doing, buddy? So we were just talking about the Chargers and Brandon Staley, and it seems like I think there's a lot of older folks who don't like the Chargers coach because he likes to do things differently and uses analytics. And what I smell is old person fear. That's what I smell, right? Because uh, you're getting guys like Rex Ryan, who's not in the NFL anymore, complaining about it. You're getting analytics maybe too much. Is there a case like that? I just wonder if it goes sport to sport. Because I hear about Dave Roberts with the Dodgers where it's like, coach the way they used to coach. Enough with the analytics. There has been people who have come through that really went all in on analytics, and they are not still in the National Hockey League. <laughs> all right? So there's, there's been two teams in particular, two organizations. One, the Florida Panthers. And that was more management and ownership uh, as opposed to the coach, who at the time was Gerard Gallant. I made the coaching change there. And uh, that didn't last uh, with, with that group. And the Arizona Coyotes, uh, 
uh, with uh, with uh, their general manager and uh, and a little bit of the coaching staff, but uh, Rick Tockett uh, with, with with that one, and he 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 will take analytics and he will he will use them uh, if uh, if he sees fit, but he won't necessarily base his final decision on it. He uses them as uh, as support for for something to to help sway uh, a decision one way or the other. But uh, but that those two management groups more than coaches those management groups uh, did not last a- at all. I feel like I, I hear often Bruce Cassidy after a game saying, you know, when we get the analytics report, you know, this it'll show this. Like he he tends to at least look at it. Yeah, I, I think sometimes analytics and stats get uh, used in place of each other. <laughs> so I'll have to ask Bruce uh, about that. Whether it's uh, I get a deep hard analytics report. Uh, uh, from our our research uh, staff and uh, that 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 we subscribe to, and it's it's so nuanced that it's actually hard to get into each and every broadcast. It's I pro- I'm probably one for four uh, for every four broadcasts where I'll use something from it because it's so nuanced uh, beyond uh, your your regular. Five, I use five on five ice time uh, uh, to my. Uh, advantage uh, to see where things are going and total shot attempts, not just shots on goal, but total shot attempts would be probably the uh, the, the the biggest that I would uh, necessarily lean on. But I I consider those more stats than analytics. Uh, does that does that make sense? It does, and um, I don't know where you throw these in if they're analytics stats or what. But here's the numbers since that hot start with the Golden Knights, thirteen and three. Through November 12th, when they were number one in the league with Boston with 26 points, and they were scoring yep. November 12th, because everyone's worried about the most recent play. Vegas Golden Knights rank 18th in the league in points, 18th in the league in goals against, and 22nd in the league in goals for. This is not a recent problem. This has been going on since that 13-3 and start. You're right. Uh, but if you flip it around, you go. This team is uh, on the hottest team in the National Hockey League. I, uh, honestly, uh, Willie, not not to to argue with you. I love arguing with you though, uh, <laughs> and going right back at you. Uh, like you, at this point, you're you're a product uh, of of your overall record, and I understand what you're saying. But it was flipped. Uh, we'd be all uh, clapping and, and saying that they rescued a a subpar start, and this is the, the, the best team in hockey, which wouldn't necessarily be fair either. Uh, so I, I look at them uh, as overall record. Am I concerned? Yeah. Uh, do they got to get healthy? Absolutely. Do they, do they have to get uh, some confidence uh, and go on some type of roll here? I, I surely hope so. And I've looked at their schedule, and it's difficult for the next, uh, six games uh, until they get through and into their bye week. It's it's not a, a walk in the park. Uh, it does give you an opportunity to put that streak together uh, in in mid February. Uh, but uh, you, you also got to be able to establish yourself against uh, some of the stronger teams. And and right now there's there's not a lot of traction for that. There's there's reasons for that. But you'd also like to find a way to to pick up uh, a, a few here and there against the quality teams, even when you're going uh, through something like this, which where they are with injuries. Uh, yeah, I would I would like to use an analytic argument, but I won't. I'll just use a traditional argument on this. Uh, they stunk yesterday. That was bad. It, what was that? <laughs> okay. Can, can I just uh, just offer uh, an agreement with that? <laughs> okay. But also, but also a, a qualifier. 
both teams stunk yesterday. Yeah. Like Dallas, Dallas didn't do a lot yesterday. They scored that uh, in the middle, capitalizing on a turnover, which which never should have uh, been been a scoring chance. But uh, but that was a, a long way out. And sure, he was going against the grain and and uh, and shot it uh, against uh, where he was headed, uh, going the opposite way, which throws off the goaltender. But like overall scoring chances yesterday, Adam, w- was there ten the whole game? No, it was bad. And and I told my boss, I'm like, like I was really good yesterday. If I can be really good in a game like that, I'm a hell of a broadcaster, <laughs> and and I'm I'm like taking it to another level. So I, I I guess look, it's easy to say, just like last year, it's injuries, right? This is half of the Silver Knights are playing right now for the Golden Knights, and you understand that. Yeah. Uh, but you would the energy, I think, is the bigger question. And, oh, and Cass- it, it, it was a it was a weird building yesterday, right from the very start. I totally agree with you, and and it, the the teams honestly played like it. And I'm not saying the fans uh, are are at fault for that. The, the players got to go out and create their own their own energy. But it was a it was a traditional Monday weird afternoon game. Okay, and yes, the majority of these injuries. Throughout the, the ones that have been sort of that have had a longer duration are on the off the blue line, and yes, they were missing Eichel. Now they're missing Stone, but their number one point getter is Chandler Stevenson. I'm not sure where Riley Steve, uh, where Riley Smith stands right now. I know he was leading the team in goals at one point, and 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 this is a team that was leading the league in shorthanded goals. They're four. Find some chemistry where the energy's feeding off each other with that chemistry. Been going on for last year, I get it. There was a multitude of man game loss with, and they were missing scorers. They got scorers. What's going on with the forwards? Well, uh, so yesterday was different. It's it's one of the more unique games where you go into a game with four completely different lines than you started the previous game. That that doesn't happen like ever, huh. except one uh, one caveat would be you had the misfits together. Mm-hmm. So some chemistry uh, having trouble getting going with three of the lines. I mean, that's just supposed to be like assemble and, and let them go, and, and there wasn't a lot. So uh, that that's a bit of a concern to me that that there wasn't a, a huge reaction. They had some chances, but it, it wasn't a dominant performance by those three. And the other one was we haven't seen a lot of Chandler the last. He's been moved around, yeah. and uh, it was asked to me, like, does Stone mean that much to Chandler? Because they've been inseparable since Stevenson arrived in, in Vegas. And at first blush, maybe that's it. Except Mark was out most of last year, right. and Chandler had a career year. Yep. So is it, I, I don't know what it is that, that, that's got to them. Is it the dog days? Um, is it a long homestand? Uh, it, which should be the advantage. Like you can't have it both ways, where you're out in the road and you're worn down, but you're too uh, comfortable at home. I, I, I don't buy kind of either one of those. There's got to be some measure of success uh, along the way, uh, and and there's also the the idea uh, of the injuries. Like you should be able to overcome some of these at certain points. And the last two games, in particular, or three of the last four have not been real positive, and, and two of those were divisional games, and yesterday was 
one of those, hey, we're, we're playing our former coach and we're battling for first place. We're not in top spot in the Western Conference. There's a lot of reasons to, to get up, and, and it wasn't there. So I, I don't – I have trouble uh, saying tactically that there was much wrong, but emotionally there was a void yesterday. Darren Millard joining us as he does each and every week around this time, uh, breaking down what's going on with the Golden Knights. Uh, you mentioned Mark Stone. We talked about him a little bit. There is a huge amount of fear running wild among the fan base about Mark Stone. Can you quash that fear at all, or are you going to add to it? Uh, okay. Uh, what is your fear? And, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a question for every time you ask me a question until we run out of time. The Socratic, that's the best, <laughs> the Socratic that's the method? That's way I know how to answer that, because I don't know. Now, uh, when, when, when you get initially week to week, like from the outset, that's what it yeah. was diagnosed as. That is concerning uh, because we heard Jay Theodore diagnosed as week to week, and that was six weeks ago. Yeah. So there's, there's uh, instantly your, your antenna goes up. Uh, I'm, I'm hopeful with him. I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll get an update from him, uh, but I'm leaning towards longer term than coming back right after the all-star break or, or the, uh, or the language has been portrayed and the way, uh, those absences have been extended through that language. Uh, I don't expect them back around the corner, which is, is a real void. So you don't expect him back around the corner. Uh, we don't know what the, I don't know what it is. I know. Well, we do, but, but uh, they, they didn't. They didn't squash really anything. No. So, so if you if you're leading down down a path, you're you're instantly wondering is it is it the back yet? Yeah. Um, I hope I hope not. I, I mean, it's one of those ones where I hope it's three crack ribs, but it doesn't <laughs> sound like it's uh, it's anything like that because I watched him skate off the ice and he seemed to be skating fine. Yeah. What about the defenseman Zach White Cloud Shea Theodore? Well. Uh, Shea Theodore, that he seems to be walking around pretty good, uh, so so that's good. I haven't seen him on the ice yet, and that's Bruce's uh, margin, uh, where his mile marker, where you see him on the ice, and then he'll he'll, he'll update him. Uh, and Zach, I uh, actually ran into him in the press box the other day, uh, and coming around the corner. I'm Me glad too. I didn't didn't hit him because I'm a big big solid guy, as you know, uh, Willie. Yes. Uh, and but I, but I actually commented to, to Zach that he's getting around really good. Yeah, and he, and he was he was the longest uh, of them all. Uh, he was uh, like month to month when he came out, but uh, he he looks he looks good right now. But I don't think Zach is uh, around the corner. I, I I think based on timeline, we should be expecting an update on, on Shea Theodore soon, and I'm optimistic we'll get we'll get one there. But I'm. Like they didn't give up much the last couple of games. To be to be perfectly honest, defensively the kids have done a really good job. I, I've been really impressed by that. Uh, offensively, they they got to find a way to to generate some more chances. Uh, and and those players between the Misfits and and Chandler and, and Jack, um, they got they got to find some chemistry and raise the level. Show today. You uh you are on the road a lot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, and they do these back-to-back travel weeks, so I'm actually in lovely Fresno at the end of the week. You should see what we're doing to the studio right now. Like I'm oh, on the really? phone outside the studio because I'm going on the on the Insider Show in a second. I'm looking through the window, and these two buffoons 
uh, with Ari's help, have destroyed your studio. Yeah. yeah. Catering. There's, it's a party going no, on. No, there's man. no catering. I'm about to go <laughs> jump over the boards and get into a fight outside this studio. Bring it, Skippy. Wow. <laughs> I'm missing a lot of heat. All right, Dan, I appreciate it. I'm missing a lot of heat. What's Something's going on there. Ari is the minister of cleanliness, even though he's kind of a slob and eats granola all over the studio. What is happening here? He and Willie are ready to, to get into that slap fight pretty soon. Four o'clock hours on the way.